0: Our chapter for today is Revelation chapter 5. This is an amazing chapter, which you know if you've already read it. Uh, It's full of doxology to to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, As I mentioned, chapters 4 through 7 represent an entire section within the book of Revelation. And so the chapters within each section uh, should not be viewed in isolation from one another. The things we saw in chapter 4 pertain to the things in chapter 5. The things we'll see in chapter 5 are building on the things we saw in chapter 4, and together they will influence how we should interpret and understand chapters 6 and 7. So let's take a look at what we learn in chapter 5. And and the one main overarching point is this. Jesus reigns, and that's a good thing. The previous chapter, chapter 4, emphasized the majesty and sovereignty of God the Father who sits on the throne over all that he has made. He rules over all. This is confirmed even further at the beginning of chapter 5 when John saw in the right hand of God the Father, uh, Revelation 5, 1, a scroll written within uh, and on the back, ri- yeah, written written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. The scroll mentioned, mentioned here represents God's eternal plan for the, for the world that he's made. I'll say that again. This, this scroll that is sealed with seven seals. It's important because it's a major facet of the book of Revelation. This scroll represents um, God's eternal plan for the world that he has made. And the fact that it is sealed with seven seals means that at this point in the vision, the final plan and ultimate purpose of God for the world is unrevealed and unexecuted. And because of uh, this, John sees a strong angel, he says, who l- lamented loudly asking in verse 3, who is worthy to open the scrolls and break its seals? Well, in light of the coming judgment upon the world, see Revelation 4, 5, who is worthy and able to bring to pass God's gracious purposes for his own people during the judgment and tribulation? Well, after much weeping, unable to find anyone worthy and able to open the scroll, uh, much elation and jubilation erupted when it is announced by one of the elders, that—that that is one who had himself experienced redemption through Jesus Christ, that there was one worthy who was worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls and, and carry out God's judgment against his enemies but also carry out his gracious salvation for his people. This one who is worthy to do this is Jesus Christ, God himself, God the Son himself. He is, according to verse 5, the root of David. He's the root. He's not just the, 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 the descendant of David. He's the root of David, revealing his eternal nature. But he's the Lion of Judah, verse 5, the promised Savior and King who was to come in the line of David. We've, we've, we've read that he has earned the right to open the scroll and reign uh, because he is also the Lamb who has been slain verse six. John describes the the slain and resurrected and ascended lamb of God as having seven horns. Do you think Jesus literally has seven horns? Again, this is highly symbolic. no, don't read it literally. The seven horns represent his authority and having, Seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, which represent He's He is He is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's one. This our Triune God, one God, three persons. It is at this point that He takes the scroll, verse eight, from God the Father. This doesn't mean that the Father ceases to reign while the Son reigns, but but rather they reign together. When you come to the end of Revelation, John speaks in Revelation twenty two one of the throne of God and of the Lamb. The Son has now, because of his resurrection from the dead, been given authority to rule alongside the Father in carrying out the eternal purposes of his Father. This is written all over the Scriptures. Hebrews 2, 8 and 9, Luke 19:12, Philippians 2, 6 through 11, Psalm 2, Daniel 7, 9 through 14, on and on it goes throughout the Scriptures. The Father and Son ruling and reigning on the throne in the power of the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. From this point onward, doxology fills the chapter. In fact, doxology is given three times in the remainder of this chapter, in verses nine and ten. The four living creatures, who were given knowledge of God's gracious plan for His people, the so the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders, who had all experienced God's gracious salvation through Christ, they broke they broke forth into that first doxology, praising Jesus Christ for his worthiness to reign over all things with his father. They exclaimed to Jesus that by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Verse 9, incidentally, this is why we send missionaries and go as missionaries to the ends of the earth because Christ has already purchased them. They need to hear the gospel and come to saving faith. Likewise, in the second doxology, a chorus of, it says in verse 11, many angels numbering, numbering myriads and myriads of, and thousands and thousands sing praises to Jesus, saying in verse 12, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. So Jesus reigns, and he will assuredly bring to pass not only the judgment of God against his unbelieving enemies, but also the glorious salvation, of God to his people, verse 10. When you come to the third doxology in the chapter, you come to the climax of chapters 4 and 5 together. In chapter 4, the emphasis was on uh, God the Father who sat on his throne in majestic sovereignty over all is made. Now in chapter 5, the en- emphasis has been on God the Son who sits together with his Father and, and, and in the in. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit to execute the sovereign plans and purposes of the Father over all that it is. And from this vantage point, we're told uh, that uh, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, this is verse 13, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on, under the sea and in the sea, under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, they came together to praise Father and Son together and Holy Spirit to him who sits on the throne the Father, and to the Lamb, that is the Son, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever, to, at which point the, the cherubim give hearty approval to the praise uh, of the elders, recipients of God's grace and salvation. They fell down and worshiped, verse 14. So believers need not fear the things of which we are prone to be fearful. Salvation belongs to our God, and he is moving every moment of history toward his appointed goal, which should elicit from us praise rather than panic, adoration rather than anxiety. Those are just a few thoughts from Revelation chapter 5.